as the go-getter uh, that I am, I went to open the window and the weight snapped and fell on my fingers. So I'm trapped and like in this window, in my window of opportunity. <laughs> this is, like I'm not good on irony. I'm like, oh God, this is horrible. There's a lot of nerve endings in your fingers, by the way. Yeah, I remember the old uh, lightning thing, the lightning trick when you were a kid, right? Yeah. yeah oh my God, it's so mean. Children are so evil, I love it. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. All right, welcome to Money Talkers. Uh, I have a special guest for you today. Um, I have an amazing person. Uh, she goes by Sensei, Victoria Whitfield. Um, she has gone on to become one of the world's first business Reiki masters, teaching holistic stress management and self-care to professionals. She is a published author, a world tour uh, speaker, and the hostess of the Journeypreneur podcast on iTunes. I know that she's uh, been in very many uh, CEO coaching roles as well. And uh, she's come today to give us some of her uh, personal insight and, and takes. So thank you, Victoria. My pleasure, Cody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and awesome. Yeah. Also, I didn't fail to mention that she brings a lot of energy as me and Victoria go back a little bit and uh, have connected through our um, through our, our coaching programs. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you today. So um, I guess I guess we could start where uh, a little bit about your background because it's a little bit different. So um, if you could. Uh, that's an understatement. I mean, I would have to say, um, that being here and just being able to connect with everyone first and foremost is such an honor. Um, and to get to tell my story is also really awesome too, because I literally had this window of opportunity to choose whether or not I'm going to go on one path or another. And in my case, I got hit by the window. So <laughs> here's the thing. I grew up and ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be an English teacher. Both of my parents had businesses on the side. Uh, so I've always had a passion for writing and tutoring and teaching. But uh, once I graduated from university, it was around stock market crash. It was really crazy. It was hard to find work. And so I was working at this nonprofit and I really believe in anything the mind can achieve conceive and believe it can achieve like I'm the type of person who is a go-getter I'm going to find a way if there isn't a way just yet so for me as I was working at that nonprofit, I was there getting more experience um, and also helping them build up their administrative arm it was in an old Victorian building by the way so because I was 
pretty good at executing different tasks because like I have that strategic mind, they would tend to leave me by myself more often than not. And one day in particular, I had a window of opportunity to ask for help in opening this like big original Victorian window. It was really gorgeous. It's the kind where there's like the little dip in the glass where the glass blower finishes. A heavy kind. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had an opportunity to ask for the janitor to come open it. Didn't take that opportunity. Had an opportunity to um, send a text to someone to come by, hey, can you help me open this window? Didn't take it. And then I also had an opportunity to wait like, you know, the five or seven minutes for someone to come back into the building to help me open it. And I didn't take that. So as the go-getter uh, that I am, I went to open the window and the weight snapped and fell on my fingers. So I'm trapped and like in this window, in my window of opportunity. <laughs> this is, like I'm not good on irony. I'm like, oh God, this is horrible. There's a lot of nerve endings in your fingers, by the way. Yeah, I remember the old uh, lightning thing, the lightning trick when you were a kid, right? Yeah. yeah oh my God, it's so mean. Children are so evil, I love it. <laughs> so I'm stuck in this window and I can't call for help. After the five to seven minutes, finally someone comes by and wrenches me out. I like rip my hands out, snap my glasses on the way down and faint. This is my rock bottom. I was like, okay, you had an idea that you were going to open that window, didn't work. You had an idea to do it by yourself instead of asking for help, mm, didn't work. And now I'm officially going to the hospital. Did you say you and, fainted from it? Yeah, I fainted. Wow. Like I looked through my left thumb and saw the bone. I remember that. Oh. It was painful. <sighs> and so here's the thing. My worst fear at the time, we're on the Money Talkers um, podcast here. My worst fear at the time was going to the hospital because like this was, it was a nonprofit. It didn't have benefits. Like, so I'm going to the hospital and I'm going to get a big medical bill. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm terrified. I'm like, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to afford this? And this was the day that really turned my life around and sent me onto a very different path. Because from the minute I came to, all I could hear were people around me saying, how much money does she need? Does she need money? Is she okay? She better not have to pay for that. How much money does she need? How much money does she need? That was the day that I learned that the community around me is open to support, is ready to support. In fact, my bank account is not just my bank account, but it's actually the sum total of all bank accounts and all people who have ever seen me, heard of me, met me, or even thought of me as an idea. So that was the day that I literally got knocked into me that I can afford it and to ask for help. I wanna, I wanna say something there because um... I used to talk about this concept a lot of it, but it's, uh, it's the emotional bank account. So it sounds like you had made quite a few deposits out there before you needed to make the withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that, uh, am I, am I, am I, uh, am I getting close on that one? Yep. You're hitting the nail on the head. That is so awesome. That's so perfect. The way that you put it to the emotional bank account, because getting out there and wanting to focus on helping other people, teaching, uplifting, being a positive presence, right? Um, having positive psychology in the way that I talk to myself and to others, right? Mm. The 
when I was in need and not at my skill level of being able to ask for help, right? My, my ability to ask for help was way lower than my ability to, that, to receive it. Mm. But having deposited so much in that emotional bank account, people came in and were able to support me. Um, not only that, but that was also the day that the person who helped me out of the window, he started doing energy work on my hand to like release some of the pain and shock off of my body. I hadn't, I'd never seen anything like that before. And one thing led to another and I discovered Reiki as an energy healing, more meditation, holistic stress management, things to calm myself down so that I didn't have to be just on medication in my recovery. And so over time, as I began practicing and learning more and more over around 11 years uh, of these different holistic practices, I became so passionate about it, I started sharing with others, right? Because I wanted to hone my practice, not because I wanted to make money. Yeah. First, that's what I told myself. But here's another thing. Um, and this is the second half, the end half of my backstory that when I started um, sharing energy healing and meditation and Reiki and all the uh, stuff that I studied to practice and hone my craft, I would tell myself that it's about helping people. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's about helping people. And you know, this I've now learned and come to understand that that is a profound limiting belief because guess who was paying for my gas in order to get to the place that I would help people at was paying for the rent on the room for my education and so on and so forth. Um, what I've learned over time is that the more that you become open to charging for the work that you do, even if it's your passion, the more you value it yourself as well as the people who are receiving it. I would say this too, it is, is if you believe you have a message that's going to improve or empower people's lives, that it's your responsibility to tell that message to as many people as you can. And without fuel, your rocket can never take off. And that cash is fuel. That charge, those money, the money that you bring, um, you know, you gotta be bringing a lot of value to, 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 you know, to be able to charge for those kinds of things. But it's your responsibility to charge for, you know, what, what it's worth so that you can take it to more people. That's absolutely right. And that's okay, you know? And that's one of the things that like, you know, like you said, it's a limiting, a limiting belief, but it's almost different because it's, you're the one putting that on yourself, saying that you shouldn't be charging to it, as opposed to saying, you know, uh, I'm going to charge so that I can go bigger and I can go get, I can help more people. You know, that's the, the flip side of that. And that's amazing. And so, um, just for me, like, how, could you give me the, 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 the condensed cliff note version of Reiki? Yeah. So that my, so the money talkers can hear it and be like, wait, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So like when people, you know, understand that I'm a Reiki master, no, that doesn't mean I'm a master of raking the leaves in your front yard. No. <laughs> It's got a sure. wonderful leaf raking business. That's yeah. why I brought you on today. Thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out to all of our landscapers who are listening. But here's the thing that's not what that is. Reiki is a Japanese word, which means universal life force energy. So essentially, this is 
If you've ever heard of a martial art, that is essentially the art of fighting, right? And moving your body and other people's bodies through space and time. Reiki is a healing art. So instead of it being the art of fighting, it's the art of healing and moving emotional energy through space and time. So if you have like a, a headache, someone who's practiced Reiki knows how to lift that out of you or move that down and out of your body. Or if you have a lot of emotional stress and tension, someone who studied Reiki knows how to help move that out of your system and help calm your mind. So that's what Reiki essentially is. It's being able to practice a healing art as opposed to a martial art. Over here in the West, a lot of people tend to confuse sensei with like martial arts. And they're like, oh, you're gonna kick my butt, right? I'm like, no. But if someone does, I'll heal it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. They, um, I think we don't focus on that enough. Um, you know, when you mentioned like, well, if you're someone stressed out, like who isn't, you know, like if you don't take that time to clear that, to reset that piece for you, um, you know, there's ramifications, not only that, just mentally, but physically and emotionally and relationships and and, and, you know, what we're talking about is even as a Reiki business coach, like your business suffers. Mm -hmm. um, if you're carrying around that emotional baggage and, and that, that uh, mental hurt, I can't imagine you're going to be a high performing person. Oh, yeah. So I apparently am not the only person on earth who has worked herself into the hospital. <laughs> this is the thing my my ideal client has had that experience unfortunately one way or another has like worked their emotions up to a point or worked their body down to a point for whatever reason they haven't been managing their own health um to the point that it's affected them going into the hospital or, or being severely sick and then of course the business suffers because of that why, why do you think you get to that point? So it's all about where we place our value, mm. right? So there's one, what I've found over the years, uh, not only growing up with two business owners, but also having met hundreds all over the world. Um, what I found is that when we're in business, we tend to say, what do we want? We want money, right? And that's the thing that we'll value. Um, and when we're at work, we'll put that as priority number one. Where's the money? How much is coming? How much is going out, right? How can we get more? How can we spend less? How can we keep more and all of that? And that's all good. At, at the same time, bigger the front, the bigger the back. Right? Uh, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. So the more that you're interested in money, the more you have to understand what about what brings the money to you, right? Mm. What about the person who's asking that question? So if you're just valuing how much you can make or how successful you can be, unfortunately, at least this is a pattern that I just keep seeing over and over again, we'll do a transaction of like, okay, I'll, I'll stay later, even though I feel kind of tired or, you know, I'll push my lunch off even though I'm really hungry, so I could take that other client, right, or so that I could fit in another meeting, 
um, you know, I'll cram a little bit more people in so that I can fly out to this event. And then as soon as I come back, I'm not going to have any rest time because I got to make sure my clients see me. There's, there's this whole mindset of valuing the money first and then doing a transaction in order to, to get more of it. We will pay with our health. Wow. And I'm here to say that is no longer acceptable. It just doesn't really work. Yeah, I had five years I didn't leave uh, for lunch. Oh my and, goodness, Cody! <laughs> and the first, I'll say this, when I, uh, when I left, finally, because I had worked 70 hours a week for you know, almost eight years, and uh, when I left, I started, well, I started the One Funnel Away program, right? And that was just a daily, like, one hour kind of thing. And so I started, I was going to the gym and like every day I would spend an hour doing that. I didn't realize I had blocked, like, I really wish I had been doing that the whole time. That hour away and that mental like exercise, I mean, my brain just exploded with ideas. Oh yeah. You know, and I had clarity to, to, to stop and, and think about what was really important. And, and when I would have came back, that I think that those hours that you spend and those things that you trade-offs that you make are detrimental because they don't they don't allow you to figure out to figure out bigger problems to solve and the ones that are really going to move the business they tend to be filled up with time wasting and bottlenecking mm -hmm. right and i wonder i like, guess if you go into a situation <clears throat> and you bring on a new client that's a CEO or owner of a small business or, you know, a uh, high level executive, that type of thing. Like what do you, how, how do you, how do you, um, how do you approach that? Like what's, what do you, where do you start? Like if, you know, that's good. And you, and cause you know, you're talking about healing and a lot of people in that position are type A alphas. Right. And so talking about healing, that's where I was kind of wondering, like when I said, like, why do we do that? And I, I think I have an idea because we're just like, ah, I can do everything, you know, like type of deal, but you need to stop and, and take that time. And how, how, so how do you get through to them? Yeah. So there's a old saying that a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Right. So I'm, I have to say, I'm really proud of the fact that I'm really good at taming type A's. <laughs> Something about me. I don't know. It's just how I'm wired. Um, so my approach is the spoonful of sugar takes the, helps the medicine go down. So the spoonful of sugar is how can I, with this person in particular, for whoever I'm bringing on, right, or whatever group that I'm bringing on, how can I sweeten the presence for them, remove as much stress, and get them out of their element as possible? So it's usually um, a team retreat or an executive retreat where we uh, take them out the location and just basically focus on meditation, holistic stress management, expression, creative work to get them in as sweet a space as possible. Because if I'm bringing someone on and I'm here to change their life, change their patterns, I have to interrupt the pattern. It's essential to get out of the same day to day. And so that for me is the spoonful of sugar. And I have my ways of making people laugh or fall asleep or do whatever it is to help them relax as much as possible. What happens is that I do that strategically 
to open them up to the medicine. Mm. And the medicine then is the strategies of how to overcome the cycles that they've been creating before. Um, one of the strategies that I teach about other than meditation um, is also learning more about your empathic energy, how to manage your body's energy. Another bit of medicine that I teach is something called shamanic vision journey. So when people do this mental exercise, it helps them see the bigger picture more so than they have ever seen it before. It's a really powerful technique and it's very easy to do. So those two bits of medicine, as well as having an ongoing structure, I do year long programs. I don't just like come in and leave. Yeah. So having that ongoing structure of checkpoints across the entire year, weekly, quarterly, and annually supports them in changing into the new paradigm. So, but to summarize it, spoonful of sugar makes medicine. <laughs> so I have just thinking about how this pertains in our audience with, um, like is we're talking about people that have made it to a certain position in life and need to reset. But if you were setting this up from the beginning, because a lot of our audience is going to be parents that have kids in school and they want to apply these type of things, like what would be your advice for a parent to, to think about these things as it pertains to their kids? Like where, where could they start, you know, um, to apply some of the, the Reiki concepts? Um, even though obviously they're not senseis, but you know, but I, but I, I, I definitely understand that there's a lot of value and concept in that, you know, there's, there's high level where you're doing that and you're, you're, you're pattern breaking that kind of stuff, but how do you pattern start? Mm -hmm. So in the practice of Reiki, there are the five Reiki principles and they go this way. Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I will be honest. Just for today, I will be grateful. And just for today, I will be kind to myself, my family, and every living being, right? So these five principles, I would have to say, is your best bet of where to start if we're going to take one of the Reiki ways of life and apply it. And I'm going to go back over them again. I want to hear those again, because I was like, I, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, wow, if you were to kind of start your day out and or as you're getting into situations and realize that you could you could rely on that, like it takes, I could imagine the amount of like positive things you could do in the day. Oh yeah, this is like a writer downer, put it on the post-it yeah. on your laptop or desktop and have it like in front of your face type thing. Yes. Right? Put it as the background on your cell phone or on the, the mirror where you brush your teeth or on the fridge, wherever. This is a writer downer moment. And the, the phrase just for today alone, regardless of the other five, like the five principle, just for today, that one has changed my life um, and has changed my clients' lives. Uh, but to list them all again, just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I will be grateful. Just for today, I will be kind to myself and every living being. And just for today, I will be honest. Switch the, the, the numbers up there. But it's 
not worry, not anger, be kind, be honest, be grateful. And it's one day, one yeah. day. I and love that because I'm, I'm a big believer in like, you know, they say, people say, well, it's, uh, you know, most overnight successes took a really long time, right? Or if you have a goal you want to get to um, and you break it back down into tiny chunks because it's not big, big, big results don't come usually from big decisions. They come from many, many little decisions. And so big results of what you're talking about is like, well, people say, you know what? I want to be more kind. You know, I should be like, and then that just lets you out though. Like that's your, that's your, that's your release. But if you say, look, I got to be kind for today, then you can't really get out of that one because you're going to catch yourself. And that's amazing because if you do those things, little, little patterns make big results. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the world it is in business. And I love that you're bringing that into my emotional side is that I don't, you're, you're breaking that down into a daily thing and that's achievable. That is an achievable goal, not an aspiration that you have the release of just, I don't have to do that anymore. It's almost like New Year's, we just went through New Year's, right? So it's almost like your, <laughs> yeah, your New Year's resolutions, like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to eat uh, spaghetti anymore. And you're like a week and a half in, you're like, ah, it's over with. So I can let myself off for the rest of the year. You know? <laughs> so you've got like, we're taking this, like, you know, I'm going to be honest today. Well, that's a pretty achievable goal. It's also a pretty, um, I don't want to say it's just achievable, but it's almost like it's, uh, it's almost like it's, 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 um, I want to say like, like guilty, like you'd be, you'd feel, you, you could really hold yourself accountable. I guess would be the way I'd say it, right? Yeah. That's so cool. Simplicity is power, right? It is. You don't have to be complex um, or esoteric in order to, to be powerful. The, the simpler, the better, because when it's done, it's done. If you do it and take it one thing, one day at a time, it's done and you can continue to build that momentum. You know, right before uh, we, we hit record on the podcast though, you were sharing some fabulous nuggets with <laughs> Cody around the power of tracking though at the same time, like how it builds your momentum, builds your buy-in and maintains your buy-in over time. So I wanna tie that back in here because um, coming back to that idea of this, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. The medicine in this instance is these principles of just for today. And you can pick one, doesn't matter, right? But you don't have to do all five, but just for today. That's the medicine. That's like, that's the goal. That's the thing to do, the thing to do. But where's the sugar, right? Where's the, the sweetness of the deal? And a big thing that I teach my clients um, is how to celebrate, right? If, if you aren't celebrating, you're actually not tracking what went well or what's working. And so you'll keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And then eight years will go by, brother, and you haven't like gone on lunch for, for whatever reason, because the, the point of view, like the focus has been placed only on smashing the goal rather than celebrating all along the way. So uh, However you want to celebrate, such as at the end of the day, cross it off the list or put a gold star on the calendar or like, you know, what, whatever your reward is. 
but don't just do the thing. Remember to celebrate because just keeping that idea of a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down because when, when you receive the medicine, you really get it, you will be healthier. But if you get tired, like it's, um, it's January 14th right now um, at the time of this recording, everyone. And this is, the, this is the point. Studies have shown that most people have abandoned their New Year's resolution, right? So whether, and that's, that's about two weeks, right? So it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. Two weeks after you make a commitment, studies have shown is usually when willpower drops out. So one of the hacks for you to make it past that willpower dropout is not only to have the goal and keep reinstating it and reaching for it, but remember to celebrate yourself and reward yourself along the way. I think that's amazing because that, that's, that's part of the point of life, right? Is that it's not just to get through it. Mm-hmm. It's to celebrate and live some of it, right? And that's all that old saying, like, you know, everyone dies, but not everyone really lives, you know? And it's like, but, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, as hokey as it sounds, but it's like, you do need, I can see that, like, you need those rewards and you need to have that. Like, I, I, you know, I think about the time, like, I didn't accomplish anything by not going to lunch. I probably was more of a hindrance, right? And I probably got, and actually, I know it did because it got worse and worse until I let go and realized, like, look, I need to put people in other positions and let them do their thing. Like, there are certain things that I need to use my brain power for. And I need to reset. I didn't have those little celebrations. We're just like, go to work, get up and go again. Like, go to work, go again, go again. And then, you know, that resentment kind of builds in there. Mm-hmm. And it becomes harder. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it, it becomes hard. You know, I don't really benefit when I look at my, my own life and my, my own downfall. Being a, an achiever, I don't really benefit from being the one to finish the thing all the time. I, I like, I get this little bit of an emotional high of like, okay, I did the task, but all right, was I really able to move the needle forward, right? And how much of my health and well-being, my mental clarity and peace of mind have I exchanged in order to like send that email? It's so you know? hollow. Right? It's such a hollow win. It's like so unsatisfying, you know? Like you get done, it's like, boom. It's like, all right, I did that. Somebody tell me I did good. And then I did good. Okay, great. What's next to do? You know, and it's like, let me, you know, and, and that mentality of like, wait, 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 step back, take a look, man. Like, what, sh- not what can I do? It's like, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, uh, that, that's when you were given the, you know, the five, um, is it, what was it the five, did you say pillars of it or? Principles. Principles. Five that's right. Principles. Yep. That's, um, that's a reflection as you were saying that for me, like I know personally, if I were to stop and make those commitments, like it, it would force my mind to think clearly what I needed to do that day, mm-hmm. you know? And fortunately for me in my life, I've, I've been able to identify big dominoes, you know, people talk about the big domino in, in the context of like marketing terms like that's the one thing if i convince you of that you'll buy everything else and i kind of took that same concept and i turned it and i said well if i do this you know what's the big domino in my business like literally if i knock down the big domino i don't even have to do the rest of the dominoes right because if i do this i will have accomplished more than if i had tried to knock all these little ones down by myself all day long and i spent 8 10 12 hours a day doing it or i could do this one big one 
and the other stuff will fall in line because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not important. I can kick down little dominoes all day long and I won't have what I would accomplish with one big domino. And so I've been able to efficiency in my life and have a lot more freedom. I get to hang out with my kids. I get to hang out with my wife. I can, you know, I can go to the gym in the middle of the day if I want to, you know, <laughs> like that freedom has been afforded to me. And I look at those years where I was like, what was I doing? You know, I like, didn't go to lunch. I remember the first time my business partner and I went to lunch and we had literally been at the dealership almost six years together and we had never gone to lunch together. And it felt like so, uh, I don't know. Like, like we shouldn't have been doing it. Like it was just like, it was like, we were, it was like we were teenagers, like snuck out of the house. You know what I mean? like, it was like, it was like, I wonder if they, you know, and like, we were like looking at our phones, like who's going to get the call first, you know, <laughs> like we put pillows under the, you know, the blankets type of, you know, like sneaking out thing. And so, um, it's just so ridiculous looking back, you know, but it's, um, that's amazing that, you know, we could, we could, start to have those kind of paths laid because one of the things I mainly talk about in Money Talkers is trajectories, right? So if we affect our young people, um, you know, we only have so much length on a timeline. And if we change it halfway through the timeline, you can only get so far in your, in your end results, you know? But if you can start early and you turn that timeline a little bit, the trajectory is tremendous. And so I talk about that a lot with, with money, right? But also what you're saying is like emotionally, if you can arm your kids with these principles, like you could send them out to handle things because kids today are more stressed than ever before. You know, we talk about all these wonderful things they have but they got inputs coming from all over the place and their stress levels are because they're in comparison mode on Instagram and Facebook and all these things are like, how many likes did I get? Who likes me? The pressure of bullying, all this stuff. Like they, if they have a good center, a good foundation, then I think that they would allow them to go out into the world and do a lot more healthy damage. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And I love that. That's fantastic. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm kind of talking over the, I'm just like, I, I'm just thinking through, you got my brain on fire. So. Oh, I love it. Your your brain is beautiful when it's ablaze, Cody. <laughs> I refuse your apology and I demand. <laughs> so here's the thing, brother, while you were saying all of that and vibing, I saw a vision um, over you and it was the word interest. Um, and so I see visions all the time. This is just how I work. Right. And I saw the word interest, not only um, mental interest and in, like what your attention is directed to, but interest also as in money, right? Compound yeah. interest and being able to build that over time. So we don't live in the information age anymore. We don't. We don't. We live in the attention age, mm. right? So attention is now what is the most powerful. How can we guide people's attention how can we guide our own attention who's guiding attention into where and to what like this we now live in the attention age that's why everything is so visual right and there's such an information onslaught is directing where does attention go and you see this throughout all of 
marketing and news and reporting and entertainment is trying to get your attention as much as possible, right? So what you become interested in is where your attention goes. And where your attention goes is where your energy flows. The dictionary defines energy as the capacity to do work, right? So your capacity to get things done, whatever they may be and whether or not you're interested in them, depends on how much energy you have and how much you can direct. So with our new generation, but also us, we're still alive. We're <laughs> still alive. It's not just about the kids here, right? <laughs> With, with that, our ability to control and direct effectively our attention now is everything. And being able to gain interest in managing your own energy, to gain interest in managing your money and understanding and having healthy conversations, talks around it, gaining interest around that is an essence of power because you can direct where your attention will go over time. But on top of that, and the vision that I saw was this idea of compound interest. And I want to turn this over to you, Cody, because what you're doing in this podcast, as you were talking about the trajectory, is you're shifting how people pay attention. And that is going to be like a compound interest effect in these children's lives in particular. If you start them young, it's going to continue to build higher and higher over time but now's the time to learn how to direct attention and getting them interested in these types of topics that that's amazing because you know um albert einstein you know is very famous for e equals mc2 you know um and uh energy and everything else and he said compound interest is the strongest force in the universe right and so you know, I, I do know that like we talk as money talkers, it is geared at like finance and those kind of things, but also part of this too is successful mindsets. And so if you are able to plant those concepts early and able to plant the ability to handle stress, uh, adversity, those kind of things, like it's only going to get stronger and stronger as they get older. And then where you're there, if their energy is focused in that, it's going to come through on the next generation as well. So it's hard to think about past today for a lot of people. And it's hard to think about five years from now, but I mean, you're talking 50, 80, hundred years from now, like you can change a family tree mm -hmm. and, a, and a legacy of your, of your name uh, with these, with these small steps, you know, and it's, it's our duty as parents uh, to one, recognize that and become that influence that's going to uh push these concepts because you have no excuse not to do it you know it's it's there in front of you you know you mentioned like the attention age you know and i also believe where it's a, i would say there's a, a forward slash on that in the education age so if you want to know how to do something if you want to become something you can do it mm -hmm. because it's all there you know, it's all out there in front of you. There's, there's a million things for what you seek is what you're going to find because you're, we have the ability to seek like never before. Mm -hmm. and so on compounding and interest things, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about emotionally, but you know, dollar wise, it's, it's an unbelievable concept. Um, you know, uh, I, I spoke to 13 year olds last night 
I had 50 13 year olds I was speaking to, uh, seventh graders, I would say. So 12 and 13. Yeah. Uh, I, more terrifying than talking to 5,000 uh, adults, obviously. But <laughs> so I was waiting on crash and burn. But uh, yeah, I talked to them. And so I actually did the calculations for them. And I asked them how many had, were working, you know, how many had worked for some money. And they all, I was surprised that like 80% of them raised their hand. They're like, yeah, I work for, I've worked for money, you know, not like maybe not job jobs, but like, you know, babysitting, you know, leave, you know, <laughs> raking, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> them my people <laughs> <laughs> um but so i showed them i said you know i asked them you know who wants to have a lot of money when they grow up and then you know obviously i got a good response and i was trying to direct that and i said you know would you consider 2.2 million dollars in your bank account tax-free a lot of money and they're all you know wide-eyed i said what if i could show you you could have that with one hour of work a week so on a 13 year old in a Roth IRA, if they were able to put $10 a week away from 13 to 76, the total amount that goes into the account is just over $30,000 on an average of nine and a half percent. You know, and I'm getting in the weeds, but um, which historically the S&P 500 has been above that. Uh, it's $2.2 million when they're 76 years old. And they've only put $30,000 in, doesn't include buying houses, what their jobs are, getting a pay raise, like putting in more than 10 bucks a week. Like mm -hmm. as 12 and 13 year olds right now, they can put in $10 a week and start that thing. Then because if they have that time, if they start at 26 and they do the exact same thing, the number drops to $600,000 or mm -hmm. 2 million. Now the number they put in is only about $4,000 less, but uh, the, the, the compound doesn't happen because that extra 10 years. Right. And so, um, what we're talking about is emotionally, if they have the ability to do that, I mean, it's the same representation, you know, if they can go in and, you know, I mean, I can see it all day long. I'm talking to kids like it's, there's so much more pressure on them these days than before because their comparison model has gotten so much bigger. Oh yeah. Right. They're, you know, when I was a kid, there was like, oh, uh, you know, you're in comparison with like, who's in your little school, you yeah. know? Now they're looking online and there's millions of kids that they're comparing themselves to and like trying to compete with and beat and it's worldwide, you know, it's billions probably. So um, arming them with the information and the mechanisms and uh, the daily routine to handle that is amazing, Victoria. That's, that's, that's a really cool concept. Even cooler when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, uh what is it uh they say knowledge is power and it is completely not action is power that's right <laughs> knowledge means nothing if you do nothing with it yeah right? and my my son uh actually my daughter i have a little you know i've got a little post-it note on my thing and uh she wrote this two years ago i didn't you know you, there's one of those moments where like you realize that like they hear you a lot more than you think right and I have this little thing on my, it's, it's all like cutely spelled like a, you know, like a fifth grade, like a five-year-old would write, but it says hard work beat knowledge when knowledge doesn't work hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and so we need to make sure we're having those conversations and listening to stuff like this, you know, mm -hmm. and taking that time to step back in our lives and don't skip those lunches. And that's metaphorically with our families too is don't skip that time 
that you could get and go spend the 20 minutes and be present. That's right. You know? What was it? Uh, I believe it was Maya Angelou that said, people don't remember what you said. People don't remember what you did. People remember the way you made them feel. Wow. And when you're able to be present, that instills that seed of I matter, right? I can prioritize myself and your children that helps to plant that in them, that help them remember that they, that they have worth, right? Um, and just choosing to be present is so powerful um, as a parent in your children's lives. And um, by the way, I'm, I'm getting guidance to say, please don't start like beating yourself up. Of, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. Just for today, I will be <laughs> present. Just for today, don't, be, don't go into the past, like come back. <laughs> we could do all my favorite sayings. 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree. The next best day is today, right? right. So what are you going to fix for last week, two months ago, three years ago, nothing. But today is a day. Put the phone down, right? When you're done with this podcast, put it down. Go make an impact, man. Go spend 20 minutes. Go spend 30 minutes uh, and, and have, these, have, have this talk. Like refresh this in your brain and talk about it with your kids. You know, what are they stressed about? What are they... What do, they, what do they need help with? And just be there and let them talk and let them guide the, the conversation and have their time, you know, and go and go make that, that first uh, emotional bank account deposit if you haven't done so. If you have done so, congratulations. That's probably why you're listening to this anyway, because you're trying to find a way, a mechanism to it. But this is one of those times where it's time to just go do and not learn anymore, right? <laughs> so, awesome. Victoria, I'm going to stop us there. That's, uh, I think you and I could probably talk for hours. So, yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Uh, it, it's been it's been pretty awesome. Any final thoughts? Oh my goodness! Uh, final thoughts. I just have to say it's just marveling at oh, how how much love um, that you are pouring out into the world, Cody. I just want to take this moment to respect and reflect back to you and celebrate how you are showing up um, and really making those emotional. Uh, deposits in this wonderful compound interest account like who knows what we'll see as an impact of this information getting out there brother so just thank you thank you thank you ah uh, man that's awesome thank you it makes my heart warm it's uh it, it, i just want to we don't have to learn everything but to make the impact that starts down the trajectory is just is my goal so awesome well thank you so much all right, money talkers, you've got uh, you've got some marching orders to get out there and and uh, and go make that first impact um, from learning from Sensei Victoria. So thank you. This uh, one last thing, they want to find more from you. Where's the best place to check? Best place to check you out? Yeah, hop on over. Since you're listening to a podcast, you can hop on over on iTunes. Put in Journeypreneur podcasts, all one word, Journeypreneur, and I'll see you there. <laughs> awesome. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing 
you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.